This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you again. Well, what a week we've had. It's been ah, been a bit wild here in the UK with various storms. We had three named storms within five days, uh, one after the other. Mainly wind. We did get some rain, but it was mainly the wind. And then that sort of really wet days after that. But a uh, few trees down, nothing too major. Most of the wind was coming from the prevailing direction, prevailing wind direction, so southwest, which means that the trees are used to bending that direction, so they don't suffer quite so badly. It's when it spins around, which it did, and then pushes them back from the other, well, usually 180 degrees, and they just haven't got the root structure in the same way, and particularly on wet ground. So we did lose a few, but nothing too serious, didn't end up with too many. We had debris on the road, but nothing too serious. Um... I went down and cleared the road of bits of debris, really, just little bits of branches and various things, because we were going to have a delivery. We had some peas coming in for the girls, and uh, it was it was really blowing hard. And I walked down all the way, clearing off as I went, and then turned around and came back. And as I came around, <laughs> turned around, I suddenly discovered that the wind had changed direction. I was now walking into the wind again. And it spun around, but it was howling through the... It was like trains running through the trees. So it was really, really blowy. Uh, but we managed. We survived. I had my hard hat on, protecting myself. Good old health and safety. So, uh, and it had ear defenders. It's my chainsaw hat. And so I popped these over my ears, because my ears were getting so cold because of the wind coming from the north now. And then I couldn't hear anything. And I thought, oh, that's not good. I'd like to hear a creak and a crack if there was a tree going to come down. But some of our trees are really tall, very, very big ones. So they survived. They flexed and bent and did all the things that they're supposed to do. And they survived. We lost a few limbs, but nothing too major, thankfully. So how did the alpacas cope in the midst of all of that? Well, they kind of reti <laughs> retired to the stable and stayed there. It was very blowy. I ended up closing the shutters so you didn't get a howling gale running through the stable it actually was calm at least from one side and they did tuck themselves in when it rained as well you got rain on top of the wind even if it's not the high gusts that we had sort of 60 70 plus miles an hour which is a lot of wind for the uk i know we complain about everything but uh yeah so that was interesting and they tucked themselves in and there was an odd one who got left on the edge. So she turned her back end to this horrible wind and, and wet and, and snuck into the stable as far as she could. The little ones were pretty good at getting in there and tucking themselves nice and ah, nice and snug with the hay, put lots of extra hay out for them. So they, they survived. They did really well. And then we had a day where it was still windy, but sunny. Uh, but no rain this time. So they were out. <laughs> they loved it. They were out. They went down and found a quiet corner down the end of the valley. But they were definitely not going to stay in. We've we've been kept in for all these... Well, I didn't keep them in. 
and closed the doors. I just made sure that they had the lights on and they were able to find enough food and hay and stuff in there without having to go out in the, in the rain and the wind. So they felt like they were being released. So off they went down the far end and they loved that. But uh, in the midst of all of this, we discovered um, one of the alpacas had diarrhea and then we needed to sort that out. So we, we ended up uh, contacting the vet, working out what we could do. So we, we did the, the appropriate steps, um, balanced up, the, grabbed some stuff. We used some pro room and it's a, a mix you put with water, uh, like a drench and you, you kind of give them, it just helps restart the, I was going to say the chemistry, biochemistry, the, the, the gut function, the, the balancing of things. It just gives a bit of extra, uh, liquid, a bit of extra fluid. So settle down. That was good. So in the midst of all this, I decided actually she's a bit vulnerable. This is Millie in particular. We managed to, to work out who it was. We'd seen it on the ground, hadn't identified which of the alpacas had the diarrhea. And obviously diarrhea can run through a whole group. So you've got to get onto it as soon as you can. So we managed to identify that we saw <laughs> poor old Millie really struggling with this. So that was good to know who it was. And we could then target her and, and we managed to bring it under control uh, very smartly and get her balanced up again. She's a little bit vulnerable, really. So I thought, okay, let's see if we can get any of those bigger coats for alpacas. We've got some for this for the career, but, and I got one or two larger ones, but they don't really fit. Millie is, is quite a big girl, so difficult to get one that's big enough for us. But they had some in stock, which was great. So I ordered this from Homestead Farm Supplies, a great place I go regularly for for stuff for alpacas. That's in the UK, so it's not going to help you in other parts of the world. But finding somewhere like that is really helpful where they can you can get the whole range of things. Um, so I was able to, to get a, a coat, a large coat. I had a shout out to Matthew of Homestead Farm Supplies, who was able to get me the coats delivered the following day. Brilliant service. Thanks so much, Matthew. So I thought I would get two. So I did. So they're bright red. And it's such a difference to be able to see <laughs> at a distance where my vulnerable animals are that, that need a little bit of extra. Where are they? I can, can I see where they are? And there you can, can see because they've got the red coat on. And do you know, the, the next day they're all tucked in the stable, like I said, out of the wind and the rain, except except for Millie, who had her red coat on. And she was out and she was grazing, loving the really fresh, really short, fresh grass that was coming through. She loved that. But she <laughs> she was very happy out in the rain because she had a coat on. And, you know, it, it meant that she didn't keep herself away from the rest of the group, but she actually was back in. I mean, there was an exception. She was outside grazing, but the others were just keeping out of the weather. But generally she was holding herself away and keeping that bit further away and needed a lot of persuading to come down and have food with the with the others. Once we got the coat on and got her settled, and the same with Hermione, our other old girl, it meant that they they both were coming in. And, and certainly for Nona the other day, I, I put a coat on her and that made the biggest difference. So she was she's still a bit slow because of her foot, but she does really well and she comes and she's right in the middle and it's, it seems to have perked them up in a way that I, I mean, logically I can say, yes, it would likely to do that. But actually 
I was surprised at just how much of a difference it's made. So you might want to think about that for, for those that are a bit vulnerable. I was waiting for the really bad weather, but maybe I shouldn't have done. Maybe I should have stepped in earlier with the coats and just given them a little bit extra support. So it's the cold and the wet, particularly they get very chilled and then they tend to cush down a lot more and then they're not eating. And then, you know, it's a circle, a cycle, spiral, which becomes a problem. So that's something to worth thinking about because particularly for us, we've got a number of older girls and they're more vulnerable. So what, what about ones that are in the middle? Uh, have you noticed, particularly if you've got a group, I think probably from five upwards, if you've got a group of animals, you can end up with some in the middle that, that, that don't stand out. They're not particularly noticeable due to their color or their behavior, their personality or character that they, they don't, they're not kind of coming forward and being really friendly. They're just kind of standing back slightly. They're in the middle of the group. I've got one Talia who's a, who's a white one and we've got other whites and therefore she just another white and she tends to be in the middle. She tends to hold herself back. She gets squeezed out. I've found I've been spreading the food out even more in some places and occasionally with, with Hermione, I've actually been closing the gate, leaving her to, cause she's just a bit slower in eating the food. And if she's competing with everybody else, she just doesn't get as much of her share. So putting another bit out for her. And then closing a gate so, she, so the others are, are held back because they just get super keen. It's really funny. I went to put the food up for, for her and the usual suspects came rushing over. So I did that. Was that already yesterday? I think it was already yesterday. So I was um, put that food out, but I put another bowl out for them. But it, it was Ellie, Ellie's daughter, little little dit. So that was, that was fairly predictable. But also, uh, who was the other one that came? Might have been Anne Harrod. Or is Anne Harrod taller? Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Same colouring anyway. But but it was interesting to see who, who was keen after the food. And they would have taken the food and, and sort of pushed Hermione out. So that was worth doing, closing the gate behind her. Um, there's something to think about. The the other thing was this, these ones in the middle, they tend to get kind of missed. And then you kind of go, did I, did I see them? Did I actually see them this morning? Did, were they there? Now, probably... The outstanding ones, the the outliers, not the outliers, but so much as the the outstanding ones, the ones that that stand out for a reason, are the ones you need to be giving attention to. But sometimes there's ones in the middle. It's worth giving a bit of conscious, deliberate, intentional focus to, to make sure that they're you know let's let's look at the middle ones today. So that's my plan at tea time. I will make sure I look at all the the middle ones. Uh, Everybody is fine, except, oh, do you know what it is? You, you kind of think, oh, okay, you're limping. What's going on there? Poor old Owena, big brown girl. She's, yeah, well, she's limping. Rear right leg, I know which one I'm looking for. It's not bad. She's weight-bearing, but she is definitely favoring it. She's not putting all her weight on it. And that's a, hmm, what is that? So she, as she wandered into the smaller stable, I was able to kind of follow in behind I put some food down for her, pick up her foot and have a look at it. But <laughs> she, no, no, what are you doing? Grabbing my leg. Can't do that. So I managed to balance her and, and let her give me a quick look. It needs a bit more attention, I think. But the, what I was checking for was to be clear there wasn't any obvious cut, any obvious thorns, that it didn't feel hot in my hand, so that some kind of infection. Um, wasn't an obvious 
place where pus was coming out. So it was a you know, longer standing infection, which I'd missed over a few days. It doesn't take long, just over a few days. So there's, there's those kind of things that go on that you just need to be aware of. And you just never know when she was fine yesterday. She was absolutely fine. So is it just a knock or is she stood on something? And mm. so I need to work out whether it's a joint related thing or whether it is a physical injury or whether it's just one of those things where she's, she's knocked it somehow. Um, didn't look too serious, but I'll just need to keep an eye on it. So she, she'd had her food, she'd settled down, but then she settled down, she cushed down next to the hay feeder, which was, I was just refilling con- coincidentally. So she'd settled down and she's going to keep off her foot a bit. I think just it's less, less uncomfortable. So we'll check her later on today and see how she's doing, but there's nothing too major, immediately obvious. Mm. But it's a little nag, isn't it? A little worry. So you need to keep uh, watching the middle ones, is my suggestion. Uh, certainly what I'm going to be doing and checking those over, make sure they're doing okay, because you can l- miss something that develops more. So, And it's the same when you, you go and see some alpacas that... You know, there's a range of them. Some will come much more to the fore and will will kind of come to the gate, come to the fence. Uh, they, they want to check you out. Others will definitely hold their ground away from you. They all like to stay at least one, two arms length away, really. But some of them will stay like five, six arms length away. There's no way they're coming that close to a stranger. So it just takes time. Let them Let them work out what's going on. See what's happening and see how they feel about it. Um, some will always just hang at the back. That's just the nature of their character and where they're positioned in the hierarchy of things. So yeah, when you when you go meet some, then then remember to, to look at the middle ones as well. Give them a bit of attention. Uh, yeah, so there we go. So we've had some visitors, not people, but we've got the geese. We had sevens and groups of them. We've got a pair that are here most of the time during the day now, uh, which is nice to see. So they're over and they, they make a, a definite beeline across. Can you make a beeline as a goose on a, on a lake? Anyway, you know what I mean? So they go straight across the lake, they cruise across and then they get out and they, they like just being over where the alpacas are and they get up onto the bank as well. And they're right in the middle of them. They, they just like that. And the others coming in as well, the younger ones, they all get a bit squabbly about space. But these two, are, I think they're our original two, and they've made an early start of claiming the lake and the ground. So we shall see. I'm sure they'll get competition later as the the spring advances more. Just seeing a slight different colour on the trees. Some of the trees, they're, they're starting to get little buds on the end of the branches. Colour is just shifting as you look up the, up the valley. And... Fairly sparse because everything's kind of thin at the moment, but it, it, there are, there's a little colour shift happening. We've also had who else? We had we had uh, the cormorant has been back again. We haven't seen him for ages, so he's been in and, and having a, a cruise around and a fish around, and he was standing drying himself yesterday, standing in the corner of the car park. Uh, the, the little ones weren't quite sure <laughs> what to make of this dark shape that was holding its wings out. It looked a bit strange. But uh, yeah, so that's the, the cormorant. And the usuals are still there with the on on the, the lake. Not so many ducks just at the moment, but you know, I don't know where they go. But it has been a little bit tricky with all this sort of heavy wind 
for them to find somewhere that they were comfortable for, or even to arrive here if they've not if they're not here they're kind of coming more frequently and this morning I've heard quite a lot of activity with the uh the jays they've been <laughs> they've got such a pretty voice not they they kind of screech and squawk a bit so they've been around there's obviously a pair of them starting to think about making house so that's mm, it, it's very last year was magpies and so it would be right that the jays are probably going to uh, loop round and they'll be in the ascendancy for this year. So yeah, the birds are, are busy doing their thing, which is good to see and good to hear. And the the trees, so the shifting colour slightly. We've got quite a lot of the the catkins, hanging catkins for the hazel. Uh, that's that, they're really pretty, blowing in the wind in the sun. <laughs> quite a lot of them got blown off by the wind, but so they're they're around. And yeah, it's a little signs here and there, which we'll carry on watching for. But yes, we're getting the visitors coming in, the, the different birds, and we'll carry on watching for that. So have a good week. Hopefully you can find some time to go spend your time with some alpacas and look out for those in the middle. Take care. See you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.